Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And with me today, we have our very special guest and always host, never a guest, always a host. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Lou Moreno. <laughs> well, hello there. I am, I am he, the one they call Lou. <laughs> Chosen one. The blasphemous. Blasphemous one, <laughs> the chosen one, the gifted one, the great one. Oh, the elder, <laughs> the, the elder. Actually, technically, the yeah, the elder, the elder Lou. Mm. Yes, I guess you could call me the the studio elder, the elder. <laughs> senpai, senpai Lou. There we go, senpai Lou. Can I have a long gray beard and can I just stroke it like this? You are, you are Lou the gray. And <laughs> the gray Lou, <laughs> the glue. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I an SSL bus comp now? There you, go, the glue? there you go. There you go. Um, today we wanted to um, talk about vocal production and vocal recording and kind of the, the importance import- of it, the importance yeah. of it and kind of some important parts and techniques. Um, this morning, once a month we try to do, or as often as we can, we try to do like seminars for our interns. So this morning we had our monthly seminar, um, and, uh, I talked about vocal production, vocal recording, vocal mixing, um, in pretty in depth. Um, and since it's fresh on my mind, I thought it'd be very appropriate if we talk about that for this episode. So, um, let's talk about recording, um, and briefly, let's just briefly talk about, um, the different directions and techniques that you can use for recording vocals. Lou, do you want to take lead on that one? Actually, I'll lean it up to you only because one, you are a vocalist yourself. I'm, you know, everybody can always say like, "Oh, I have great ideas for for vocal production," but like many people, I'm not a vocalist. I'm actually more curious to hear from the point of view of a vocalist. I've worked with some pretty cool vocalists. I've I've definitely got those in my in my resume, but you know, a lot of times our job is to actually help them, but from the perspective of a vocalist, how can we help them? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like uh, just briefly going over like mic techniques, uh, I think that sometimes people put the mic too close. Um, all the time. <laughs> all, the, all the time, right? And then um, you can like do it straightforward like we've seen before. Oftentimes mm-hmm. I've seen people point it down so you kind of get more of that nasal cavity and then also encompassing a little bit of that chest resonance as well. Uh, I'm in the boat of, although those are real techniques, I mean, I've heard of people that like to reduce sibilance, they like turn the mic a little bit, mm-hmm. things like that, but... All in all, I think that 
especially as like a producer songwriter type, like we're already overthinking it. Um, I think a big part of the vocalist and a big part of vocal production, um, even in the final stages is just staying in the vibe. Cause the most yeah. important thing is I can turn up your vocal. I can compress it. I can make it more dynamic. I can use automation. We can make reverb, whatever I could do. We can pitch correct it. We can change the timing. We can do almost everything except make it sound like you like the song. Yeah. Like I yeah. can't make you sing and sound like you're having a good time. Like Absolutely. you actually have to have a good time. And so I would say things like that, although important, can easily distract the artist um, and the singer from what's actually important, which is enjoying the process yep. or taking it very seriously or whatever the vibe is, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I noticed that I ha- I hate to do this because it's not like a diva thing. I don't think it's like a diva syndrome or anything like that. But oftentimes, the vocalists like to stay in the zone. They need to kind of like own the song, like emotionally, just like own it and be really, really confident about it. But if they walk into your studio where you think and act like you're the man, and they're just a side character to your main story. That's not really helping them emotionally. So like I would say that taking the time to make sure that they're feeling super welcome, that they're feeling very confident, that you're not like if you do these techniques, like honestly not talking about it, making too much of a big deal about it. You're not the hero in this story, especially for this part. Like let them kind of be themselves and focus in. And I think that that's the most important thing Yeah. as far as like microphone techniques although we could go into it and talk about distance and room and like pop filters and how different pop filters have different resonances and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Ultimately. Yeah. All those things are very important. And if you want to get nitpicky about it, yeah, technically we could put that up on the list, but DK's right in the, in the sense like, honestly speaking, I think the number one thing I've told people is like, dude, forget about giving me that perfect note. Give me that take. Give me that emotional take. Give me, make me believe that you actually are in the song. Like that's, uh, I've talked about him before, Anthony Hamilton. The reason I like him so much is because every time I listen to his music, I feel like I can feel him. I don't really care that his recordings aren't the best. They're not. I really don't care that some of the productions are obviously samples. I really don't care. Yeah. He captures me. And I want to capture that. Honestly, a big thing that I ask for many artists is to feel comfortable. So that's why I'll always have candles ready. I'll ask for waters to be already set in the booth, already on the credenza in the studio. Um, if they like a certain lighting, always have that ready for them. Getting to know your client ultimately will deliver whatever they're doing's best results. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, and I mean, I, th- I see this all the time, even on like TV. I know that a lot of people like to watch like singing competitions, like America's Got Talent, American Idol, um, The Mass Singer, what else? Like there's a bunch of them, right? The yeah. Voice. Uh, for me, especially as a singer, and this has a lot to do with the recording, you'll notice a lot that the audience and the judges react a lot more to an emotionally sung and emotional performance um, rather than someone that can sing perfectly on pitch. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of singers yeah. that, like, they're really good, but there's just no emotion behind it. Like, they're really down, they're really good. They can hit every note, pitch perfect, and technically great, but just absolutely bland, bland boring. Yeah. And a big part of that, and honestly, it's, it's not even like singing perfect. A lot of that is just like being comfortable with yourself, trusting yourself, trusting the engineer, like trusting. There's a lot of trust when it comes to like using your body as an instrument. 
you yeah. know, your voice, right? And that changes every single day. It just changes based on your the mood of your brain, right? It's wild. Um, and like warming up and like you can lose your voice. What? You know, yeah. like you can just change guitar strings. Like th- there's a lot of nuance to the human voice, different resonances that you can pick up, different body types, how lungs and diaphragm, how strong the diaphragm, how like it resonates. David Archuleta, who's a beautiful singer and is genius, has a, a, a frozen vocal cord. Like one of his vocal cords is like done. It doesn't work. Hmm. And like that's such a unique tone for his voice. Like his voice is really cool. Like for that, and even if you didn't know that, it's still really cool. And it's even cooler now that you know that, right? Um, things like that. The the voice is just so unique that I think that, and you do a really good job with this. We both do. I think is is when the vocalist comes in. I think the most important skill that you can have, technique that you can have, is to be a damn good people person. To oh, be yeah. excitable. Like you know how often I like that the artist, the rapper, the singer, whatever, the performer in the booth is, you know how much better of a job they do if I just give them words of affirmation and just show them that I'm also into the song. Yeah. That I'm also enjoying the experience and excited for them. Their mood, the the session just changes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like even the other day, uh, we had a client in the other room who is less experienced. They're they're more new in the studio. In fact, that was probably their second time mm-hmm. in the studio world. Just not confident at all. And he was like, "I got these three songs ready that we're kind of just gonna sing over." Um, and the first, like, he wasn't super on pitch. No, but like, um, but I never. Here's the one big thing that you can do. I mean, I've, I'm sure you have a story about this. It is the one thing that can ruin a vocalist and a session. And just can ruin the song is I don't care if you're a, a a doctorate and you have a doctorate in vocal pedagogy. Advice is most of the time not welcome. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen like too much advice going into the talkback mic yep. and they just freeze up or they can't do it anymore? Yep. And they just are like, you know what? Maybe I should record this tomorrow. Yeah. Like you just cannot. Yeah. Even if they're like, even in that session a couple days ago, they're not performing as well. They're just not as experienced. I didn't give advice. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, man, that's not really good. Let's go next take. And I just like, every time he did a really good take, I got ecstatic. I got out of my chair and he saw it that I was like, hell yeah, bro. That's, that's fire. Let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep going. And like over the top that like naturally is one of my talents. I'm really good at, how do you say? I don't know what it is in English. Like to, uh, uh, like nori, like to ride the, the excitement, the energy mm-hmm. to like carry on the energy, you know, to keep it going. Um, but that's a big part of vocal production, vocal performance, is being able to communicate and letting the artist communicate. A big little thing that you might want to get better at if you're not at it, guys, is just being able to communicate opinion, but in a constructive manner. See, uh, one of the things that I like to do is, uh, you know, I'm, DK, I'm sure you've dealt with this. Uh, you're recording an artist that obviously they need work. They need work, but they also need affirmation. Like, even if it's not your song, not your style, not your genre, not anything, if you do hip-hop all the time and a metal vocalist comes through and he's excited to record with you, act like at the very least you're excited to work with him, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, a lot of people, even if you don't give advice, they may ask you for your opinion. Even if you don't like the take, say, you know what? That was really cool. But um, the only thing I did wonder is can i get another one but this time with just a little less of this 
Yeah. You know, don't say that was a bad take. Like, dude, I can hear your nose. Like, what the hell? Are you are you holding your nose while singing? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like, hey, man, you know, I think we can get a little more energy out of it if you were to sing with your chest instead of your head. Or, hey, you know, um, try to take a deep breath going into this take because, you know, it'll help it blend a little better. Like, give these little advices, but don't ever say, like, hey, man, like, you keep messing this up because you're going to make people feel really self-conscious. Affirmation plus a small critique that can actually push it worded the right way can actually be a big push forward, even if it's just not an artist you want to work with. Yeah, like like let's role play this. Like if you're the singer mm-hmm. and you just do take, <laughs> right, darling, I probably I probably be like, yo, that was awesome. Let's go again. Let's do it one more time, and then I have you do it again. Mm-hmm. And if it's still not hitting it the right way, because a lot of times, often the artist kind of picks it up themselves too, or maybe it was just a glitch in the matrix, yeah. whatever, right? Um, and then let's say it wasn't that they they just made the same mistake continuously that you're picking up on, and and that's another thing too. To determine whether it's a mistake, like some, especially in rapping, in rapping, a lot of these rappers will purposefully be off beat, like be ahead of the beat or be behind the beat, or and that's mumble. part of the or mumble, whatever, right? And uh, granted, like if it's too mumbly, it's not good. But I mean, like, it's not my job to tell them how they should be performing when mm-hmm. they have, an, they're an artist, right? They're they're doing it the way. I mean, unless it's you know that that's not what they want. Yeah, our job is to really be able to capture them in an environment where they feel creative. So actually on that note, like for the first time that I meet an artist or that I work with an artist, very rarely do I say anything or give any sort of advice. Yo, let's get on the beat a little bit more. You're a little bit ahead of the beat. You're a little bit behind the beat. Nah, it's Mm. usually like more than the second or third time. It's like, been around multiple times afterwards, yeah, and then it also kind of it might be the first time. Because like, you're trying to figure it out too, yeah. Because if the if there's a producer in the room and the producer's trying to give advice, then I know that like, or like the producer, and then he's expect like he's appreciating it. Like depending on how you read the room, mm-hmm. then I might like be like, yo, that was a little bit ahead of the beat. But oftentimes, you know what I'll do is instead of telling them that was a little ahead of the beat, what I'll do is just print it, move it over a couple clicks without even telling them. Yeah. Like, why would you need to tell them? That takes them out of their vibe. That makes them think that they're doing worse and it kind of gets them in their head potentially. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you're saying, so like maybe the second time you didn't get it right, so then maybe like the third time or whatever, I'll be like, yo, this is this is really dope. I just want to like try this out. Can we do like, can you do it a little bit more like stronger, a little bit more stronger? Mm-hmm. And then like maybe you'll do it a little bit stronger. I'll be like, hell yeah, that sounded really good. And then it's still not right. Maybe I'll be like, yo, yo, let's just do like something else. Like, can you give me another take too? I just want to cover all bases here. Will you ever do, this is what I've done before. I don't get the lead that I'm looking for and they're already trying to move on to doubles. I'll just keep cup, pushing the lead that he's tracking down to the doubles and then be like, all right, now give me one strong double. Like, give me some strong doubles. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that last take is their better one because now they're more rehearsed. But the whole time they're thinking that they're tracking doubles. Yeah. But in reality, I still haven't gotten the lead. Yeah. But because it, now they've warmed up more, it's like, hey. Yeah, I like cool. swap the double in the lead. Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely for sure. Yeah. Or like there's I've done this before, not too often, like once or twice so far in my career. I'll say like, hey, we got everything, but just so I can have another take, mm-hmm. um, I'm not even gonna record. I'm lying. Uh, I'm not even gonna record. Like, no pressure on this one. Can you just sing it just like so I can have a reference? Mm-hmm. Just in case we need an extra take or like just for practice or whatever. I've already got it. Let's just do one more just in case. And then the pressure's gone, the nervousness is gone, and then, boom, they hit it right on the yeah. Like, I've had that before. Yeah. So, uh, I won't say who this was done to, but it's kind of funny, because I know a producer that came to our studio a few months ago, 
Um, and one of the tricks they had was get the vocalist in. We recorded the record, but the vocalist seemingly couldn't just get the cadence down. So, fun fact for many of you vocal producers, Vocaline Ultra. Uh, we brought in the original writer of the song to re-sing some of the lines, then use the, the, the lead from the vocal writer, use that as the reference, then capture it as the double, the lead of the actual artist, then printed the rendering of that, and then it, bam, we now have the take we wanted with the voice of the intended artist. Absolutely. So if you really got to fix it in post, I don't suggest it, but... There are ways. There are really creative ways, but you might get in trouble later. So I'm just saying, dude got away with it. I'm not saying what song or anything, but uh, she never knew. There you go. And, and I, there's here's another cool trick that I didn't talk about this morning that I don't usually talk about, but this actually works sometimes. Don't do this too much, um, but uh, if an artist is singing flat, just consistently singing flat, Try this. Turn their voice down in their headphones. Oh, yeah. Or turn their headphones down so they start singing louder. Mm -hmm. They'll probably hit more on tune. Yeah, so I've had artists who uh, blast themselves in the headphones with the music. Um, I won't actually turn them down. I'll do the same thing, just turn down their vocals. And now because they're trying to compete with it, I'll get more energy out of them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's usually because uh, on that one, like, it, so when you say flat, do you mean more tune or energy? Uh, both. Both. But on I meant, my in end, that it's specific more energy. In that specific instance, I also meant flat as in in tune as well. Yeah, if for me, it was more energy because um, if you're if you have an artist that, or if you generally record with your headphones loud, you tend to perform a lot softer or with less intention because most people don't like hearing themselves. Mm. Let's just be honest. They, even a great vocalist well, well, doesn't well, like hearing themselves. Well, I mean, like, hearing themselves in the sense of, like, I don't like the sound of my own voice, but no, no, hearing no, no. themselves exactly. if in monitoring. In monitoring, they want to hear themselves, but yeah. they don't want to be the loudest thing in the mix. Oh, so when you're playing back. Yeah. Oh, Unless see, you're performing live, there's... Usually the case where they don't always want to be the loudest thing in their monitoring. Usually they want more music, more reverb, more delay, more of the ambient stuff because they already hear their own head tone. But if you give them too much of themselves in their headphone mix, they actually perform very different. Yeah, that's why in my in my record track, usually it's a little bit more higher volume. And then when I drag and drop it into the... Uh the playback tracks, mm -hmm. the volume is a little bit lower yeah. for my vocals. Now, I'm not saying I do this all the time in live sound, but same thing with floor monitors. If the floor monitors are loud as shit, a lot of times the performer will actually sing quieter because they get the same monitor level, right? Here's the downside. Now you have to actually turn up the microphone for the audience to hear them more because they're not performing with any kind of enunciation. If they don't enunciate... You don't yeah. really have enough volume coming in. That's where feedback at concerts ends up happening. So what a lot of monitor engineers will do is they'll actually start the concert like during sound check with loud monitors. Then they'll turn them down. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I've appreciated that. People have done that. So when I was a professional performer um, for years, uh, that was my favorite thing. Yeah. Is like, yeah, it's like when I could barely, like I could hear myself, but like barely hear myself through the monitors. Mm -hmm. It forced me to sing louder and be more energetic on stage. I love yep. that. Like if I and the audience and appreciates, I, it. and I wouldn't hate it if the monitors were just totally off. Like there's been times at like crappy venues where uh, the monitors just weren't working. Yeah, and I didn't hate it. I couldn't hear myself, and I hope that I sing it. Maybe I cut my ear a little bit, but like at the same time, it may, it forced me to push out what I was singing. It was great. So yeah. I think that... Um, it translates to the studio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Like, 
so many times, I mean, we've heard people that talk about uh, wanting to get that live performance energy in the studio. It's, it's not the engineer, unless the en- engineer is just not vibing. It's oftentimes, it's like, you just have to get in the zone. And you yeah. have to, like, if you wanted to sound like the live show, you got to fucking play or sing like the live show. There's yeah. no way around it. Yeah. Like, you can't expect the engineer, like, you can't sing it quieter than the live show and then exp- expect the engineer to make it louder and make it sound like, no, that's not how that works. Have you ever Energy gotten, doesn't uh, translate like that. You can't manipulate energy like that. Have you ever gotten uh, the request to, hey, can you throw, like, the vocals in Melodyne to, like, put them in tune? Maybe that'll give them more energy. I haven't heard I have like that that doesn't make Be, sense. I do a lot of vocal tuning like I don't know if you've noticed I I do a lot of melodyne work specifically. Um but yeah, they're the only way to do anything like that is changing the formant. Yeah. Turn the formant down uh up a little bit. Um but even then, guys, it it sounds weird. Like just get the take. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I tell everybody like, "Hey, I could I could worry about the tuning later. If it's if you give me that good of a take to where like we can't we cannot replicate the amount of energy or the feel of it with uh, with the right key and whatever. I will do my best to make it fit. And the funny thing is, there's records on the radio that I've worked on that I've done that for, where like the the actual recording was not the best take, but the energy, the feel of it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's all songs that we know that it wasn't the best take, but the energy was perfect. And there's yeah. also times where like I like this is really weird, like going to college for vocal performance. Um, it was really quite annoying, but it was also like really good practice and 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 shows like how important this is. Most of the teachers' critiques, like most of it, like a solid eighty percent of it, was if it was a sad song, why the heck aren't you crying while you're performing yeah. it? Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like if the it's a happy song, Anthony like you Hamilton. gotta be smiling. Like the yeah. singer, like the the coaches will always love to say, "We can hear it when you're not smiling." Yeah, guys, like, listen to Charlene, please. Charlene by Anthony Hamilton. You'll understand. Yeah, and like uh, even in the moments of like, I think it was attention by Charlie Puth. This is really s- small, but like, and he's just like, ah, during like the bridge yeah, part. Yeah. He's like, ah, and it's like, how? Oh, ah. uh, whatever it is, right? I don't. I forgot what the exact line, but like that shit like hits. Yeah, it does. It really translates well, and I can't. You know what else I've done? I've also recorded, like, I've also left it recording, and they were just, like, listening to the playback, and they were, like, just jamming to the, in their own headphones, listening to the headback, and they're getting, like, the playback, and they're just getting hype, and then they start singing, just jamming. They didn't even know I was recording, and I kept that take. When they were just, like, hmm. singing along to themselves. Yeah. I've done that before. Uh, always be recording. Uh, but I, I, I think that, going back to, like, a people person thing, I think when in doubt, um, one thing that... Granted, I've had days that I'm more, not sad, but like more low energy, mm-hmm. just not feeling it. Um, and that's like fine. Most engineers are kind of introverts and like not super energetic or we like live extrovert. In a box. Right. But I would say, I would say it's always a good idea. And I would say that more times than not, even if it's the hardest of hard rappers or the most famous of famous artists, Never to be intimidated and to just be a regular goofball, the the goofball that you are. Like, this oh, yeah. is like I've had the hardest of hard rappers come in. They come in with an unregistered weapon on their hip. I got I got my glop. You know, like they're just ready to go. And they're they're like just pounds of weed and like just really hard rappers that you just do not want to be messing with. 
Yeah, we've and had then, those duffel bags and the trash bags. Come yeah, packed. yeah, and and <laughs> and every single time, every single time, tensions went away. They performed better. They were in a better single move. Every single time, I looked at him dead in the eyes with a smile on my <laughs> face, ready to go, being the goofball that I am, and just owning it. Right? They love that, and they love the energy. I mean, uh, I don't want to like uh, talk too much about this because I talk about this often. But like, even with Trey songs, like I should have been intimidated. It could have very been easily been like an intimidating thing. But no, I was a regular goofball, and he appreciated that a lot. Like, and so did the artists. The artists to this day sometimes still hits me up, and like um, that was there with Trey, and like to this day still like is like yo like i've never had an engineer that gave me energy like that and that is one of the best compliments an engineer can get yeah truly like it's not about how fast you can push the buttons or how fast it's like yo i felt a lot of energy and good vibes with you in this studio like that's huge that is the way to go especially for vocalists i don't know about like bass players you know but i mean <laughs> but i'm sure it's the same for just everybody. give them a di box they'll be fine <laughs> Oh no, no. No, we but love I, bass players. Especially I don't know, like Law. I love Law. Law is like a really Shout dope out Law. bass player. Yeah. But what uh is it, what is this tag? Outlaw something? Yeah, something like that. But uh and his Instagram is uh is iShield twenty one. Shout out to Law. Uh the the main character. Well what no, not the main character, but the 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 team captain from iShield twenty one, the anime, the football anime. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting we're getting off topic. But uh no for real. For vocalists, um uh, I'll say this story. Leslie told me when we were mixed with the Masters. He said that he was uh, uh, one of Lawrence Hills, Lauren Hills' uh, recording engineers, mm-hmm. who was famous, like you know, with Keisha, who was famous for like firing and hiring engineers constantly, who was a pain in the ass to work with. But she, one of the things that, um, with him and her, like you have to be able to room. She didn't say a word to him, mm-hmm. right, and. <sighs> He didn't say a word to her. It was all, he said that he described it as when she took off one ear of the headphone, that means she's ready to record. And when she put both on, that means she was ready to listen to that take. There was not a single word said most yep. sessions. And he's, when he said that, he's like, um, we had met that day. It was like the first day. He's like, we've already talked more than Lauren Hill and I talked in years of working together. <laughs> And like and so and and like being able to and Leslie's a really awesome like uh like he's a talkative guy like not like talkative like talks too much but like he's a normal person that likes to talk to people and is really relatable. The fact that he was able to read the room and know that that's not what she wanted. Going into it going to the session knowing that this would be something that may hurt his career, that this may not work out. Mm-hmm. That she just fired someone else previously. And and that takes a lot of like people skills to like being able to read the room being able to know what the artist wants i don't know i, I always like that story because i don't know if i'd be able to do that i'd probably be fired right away i'd probably be like you sure you don't want that and like you want to listen back to that take it's like no they no. know what they want yeah and he's like to the end of the to the end of like their entire relationship he's like i did not know if she liked me or not the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had clients yeah. like that. It's like, yeah. they love us and they said nice things about us like a year after we started working with them and we're both like, huh? You like us? <laughs> like, like, what the hell? This whole time I thought you hated me. <laughs> no, and it's true because like, uh, like you said, like I've, uh, I've had that very unique uh, relationship with Keisha where we've worked with each other now three and a half going on four years. Um, but the funny thing is like, she really kind of treats me as family 
as far as I can tell. Um, she's been very kind and supportive. You, said, uh, you added, as far as I can tell. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know uh, everybody's... Uh, but she doesn't the express they, that much. She also doesn't express... No, she knows what she wants. She doesn't allow for people to really play games with her. And she doesn't say... She doesn't tell anybody, you're my family now, Lou. No. But, or <laughs> at least I haven't heard it. <laughs> but the funny thing is this. like, If she doesn't like something, she makes it known. Um, if she likes something, she will make it known. Whatever it is, she will let you know. She doesn't beat around the bush. She tells you what she's feeling, and if she doesn't like something, she'll let you know. The funny thing is that every time that I felt like I did something wrong, I just owned up to it, and I think that's what really resonated with her because a lot of people will uh, will work with an artist that is uh, reputably difficult, right? Like They say, like, oh, it's hard to work with these people. Then they go in with that intimidation factor where they're like, oh, the engineer walked in and he seems uncomfortable. Like, what? Like, what did I do? I don't, I've never even met you before. When I met Keisha, I just walked in with open arms of, how can I help you? Yeah. You know? And I think that's really what she liked at first. I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe I gave her a soda that she really liked. Yeah. Either way, we have a good working relationship, but we you've met these people where they come in, they're like, oh, you work with Keisha? Like, damn. It's like, what? What's wrong? Like, we have a good working relationship. I don't know what you did, but yeah. so far I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, going back to what you were talking about, sometimes people like aren't as expressive, or they are. Um, oftentimes people are in the booth and they get upset in that moment. And then they yeah. come back and they're best friends with you again. And yeah. they're playing back to the song. Like, honestly, I hate to say this, but like, sometimes the recording engineer is a human punching bag. Like, to a certain degree. Yeah. Or, is, or in, in other words, the therapist. You know? And, like, yeah. and, and that's part of the job. It is not... If they are paying... To a certain degree, do not allow to get yourself, do not allow yourself to be abused and be treated as a human garbage can. Speak up if you need to speak up, but read the room. This be is therapy for the artists a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, and therapy is not easy to go through in oh, general. Oh, absolutely not. No. Um, and I think uh, I've told you stories before. Sometimes I'm in a, in a session where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's chaos everywhere. There's no organization. There's no clear leader of who's navigating what. But um, if you miss a cue or something from somebody who you didn't even realize they were trying to send you cues or something because there's, once again, too many cooks in the kitchen. If somebody's frustrated, they're probably frustrated at something that you're not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all you. But you have to understand, if you're going to be in a room with these type of people and this is your long-term client that you're trying to achieve or whatever, you have to start learning how to work with these people um, in the sense that, Maybe there's always chaotic sessions. Maybe that's just how they work best, and you have to learn how to navigate that chaos to become that person that they can trust every time. Outside of that, you know, once again, get to know your clients. Every client's different. Some clients are easy to work with, and some clients are harder to work with, but as long as you know them, it gets easier. Yeah, and, and we have one more final piece of advice that I think is going to be related to what you were talking about a little bit earlier. First off, I just quickly want to shout out our sponsors. We're really grateful for these sponsors. They're kind of the reason why we're able to continue this show. Um, number one is Isotope. Oh, Thank yeah. you for sponsoring the show, Isotope. Um, feel free, if you're interested in Isotope products, which we talk and we talk about and use on almost every single mix. And I was mixes. using them just an hour ago, mastering a song. There you go. I use them and all the time. Just really grateful for their products and use them constantly. Um, even before we were sponsored. Like, honestly, you can go back to previous episodes. We talked about them a lot, and they yeah. weren't sponsoring us at the time. Ozone. 
Uh, if you're interested in 10% off Isotope products, go to isotope.com backslash mmpodcast and use the code mmpod10 to get 10% off of your next order. Once again, isotope.com backslash mmpodcast. Um, and the code is mmpod10 to get 10% off your order. That is excluding uh, monthly subscription bundles as well as uh, Spire, the hardware. Um, number two is file pass. We're really grateful for file pass. Oh yeah. Um, all of these sponsors, anything that you do, uh, just go to mixingmusicpodcast.com and check out our sponsors list, mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash sponsors, or just click on sponsors from the homepage. Um, file pass is the online software for sending files to clients. Um, you can, you can prevent clients from downloading files if it's not been paid for. So you can create uh, paywall barriers so they can listen and leave comments. Um, if they do leave uh, comments that can be timestamped, then it sends you an email of a to-do list. It's really, really awesome. If you keep losing money through the clack, cracks or f- clients keep running away with your files or whatever it is, uh, check out FilePass. Yeah, FilePass.com or just, again, uh, we if you go directly to FilePass.com, we don't get anything out of it. But if you go to MixingMusicPodcast.com backslash sponsors and go through our list to they click on FilePass through there, then we do get something out of it. So thank you so much. Um, last thing is uh, us. We, we sponsor the show. We've been doing this for now. Uh, I started the show almost actually about two years ago now officially. Yeah. We're almost in the two-year mark. I think um, I came around like, what, August, September? Yeah. So and then uh, so now we're around the two year mark. It's been really great. Uh, if you're interested in inquiries from both of us, uh, either mixing, mastering, recording, internship, whatever type of inquiries, you know, well, the best thing to do is just I ask. Like. I like pops. Yeah, pops, as in like the figures, the figurines. Yeah. And um, there you go. Uh, Lou's email is Lou at inthemixstudios.com, and mine is DK Mixes. That's D E E K E I Mixes at gmail.com. Uh, just hit us up. And we're always super thankful for our listeners and our sponsors. And for anybody listening to the show, we've been doing this and been loving this. So we're really glad that you're sticking around and have some value from it. So the last piece of advice mm-hmm. that I want to share is an important one. It goes directly in what you're saying. I think that this is something difficult for humans, especially for, I hate to say it, for men. is extremely difficult. And it's, it's a part of, it's, it's our thing. We need to kind of get over that pride sometimes is when you make a mistake saying you're sorry. Oh, yeah. Own apologizing. Up yeah. Owning up to it. It's never yeah. going to be a big deal. But lying or pretending like you didn't notice or making an excuse so you don't have to say sorry, it's small and it won't change the outcome. All it will change is that you will be looked down upon by who you do that to. So just apologize. And That's to be honest, if, if you don't own up to something and you've been asked about it, don't worry about getting looked down on for owning up to it. You're going to be looked down on it for just trying to defend yourself and trying to say, oh, well, no, no. Whatever the reason is, just apologize for it. Even if it's something that's out of your control, admit to that too. Say, you know what? I'm sorry that this is happening. Unfortunately, this isn't really something I caused, but let me see if I can find a solution. I would say that being too apologetic is not good, but I would say for most Americans especially – uh, from my experience, Japanese people tend to not have an issue with this, <laughs> but the opposite. They apologize too profusely. Uh, Americans especially, like, it is absolutely important. Um, and we all lie from time to time, every day. Uh, but you know what? The only thing that, like, when you lie, it's super-duper obvious. When you make excuses, it's super-duper obvious. The reason why nobody says anything and they let that shit fly is because we're letting you save face. No, you're not being sneaky. 
when you lie or make excuses, it's not sneaky at all. Nobody believes you. You just look bad, and we're letting you save face. Just like a client, if they actually have feedback, they're more likely to not tell you and then just move on to the next engineer. So yep. don't be like that. Apologize. Fess up to your mistakes. Keep the vibe going. Help the engineer. Help the artist. Help the band. Whatever it is you're, whoever it is you're working with. And honestly, just let them enjoy the session. Let oh, them yeah. be the be the man or the woman for for the session. Like honestly, that's all it is. Yeah. So on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. <laughs>Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.